Welcome to Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio. Get the inside scoop on how America's most successful business owners transform their entrepreneurial vision into reality. And listen in as some of the top business minds in the country serve up practical advice, tips, and insights for growing your business. Now, here's your host, Kelly Scanlon. Good morning. Welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. Our guest today is Mary Lou Jacoby. She is the founder of Warehouse One. She has a fabulous origin story, and she's recently come full circle with her business and formed an ESOP and sold it back to her employees so they can share in her success. So we're going to talk with Mary Lou about how this business got started and all of the challenges and insights that she can offer to us up until this recent development. Welcome to the show today, Mary Lou. Thank you, Kelly. I'm so, happy to be here. Oh, and, and I'm so excited to have you here, too, because yours is one of my favorite stories. You've got a wonderful origin story. How did you get started with Warehouse One? I was um, uh, 30-something uh, single mom, and I was... Uh, recently left a family business and was looking for a way to feed my kid. Mm-hmm. And I was had a background with um, the scrap business and was able to buy material at auctions and resell it and make a profit. Mm-hmm. And as I was doing that, I determined that there was a greater value in a lot of things than just the scrap value and started trying to resell some of the products that I was purchasing at these auctions, and commercial auctions, mm-hmm. to users of the material for retail prices. And it made a lot of sense. And I made a lot of connections with the people there that would attend these because it's the same good old boys all the time go to these types of things. This is this is before eBay, if anybody can imagine that. Yeah, well, we're actually, talking like mid-80s here, right? Yes, and people, okay. actually, people actually went and, and communicated and networked <laughs> and, 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 and talked to each other and did this in person. Mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. And I was able to make a connection with the auction company and the lady that owned it, her husband had recently uh, died and she had ended up with about 10 buildings in the middle of Kansas City on Truce at 31st. And I was very interested in, um, it was all of these buildings were completely crammed full from the back wall to the front door and out the front door with <laughs> leftovers from the auctions because things get left over and things get purchased and not picked up. And um, they would take these leftover commercial items, whether it would be something from Russell Stover's or something from Hallmark or something from uh, Swanson's on the plaza. Mm-hmm. So it was retail fixtures and store fixtures and restaurant equipment and uh, commercial equipment, and they would fill the buildings up, start at the back wall, and come to the front door with the idea that someday we're going to sell this. (laughs) 
And one day, the lady that owned the company looked at me and said, you know, you think you want to be in this business? I think I'll just put you in this business. Hmm. We looked at a building at uh, 33rd and Forest, and I was hooked. It was one of those things where there were little tiny paths that would wind between the material, and you didn't know what you were going to come across next. It's like Grandma's attic on steroids. <laughs> That's a great way to put it. <laughs> and she agreed to um, let me... I had a small amount of money that I gave her as, as the deposit, and she agreed to let me move into the building and sell the material out of the building to help pay for the building. And I had 90 days to do that. And... Uh, didn't quite make it the first time, and she granted an extension. And the second time, I was able to pay it off. That's it was great. Amazing. Yeah. And so at this time, where was Warehouse One and all this? Had you actually formally started Warehouse One, or was that yet to come? That was yet to come. There was, okay. When you say actually formally started, there, but there was a actual formal. It just kind of grew into what it was. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, but it was incorporated when? Was that like around 85 or 86 that it was incorporated? The, it was incorporated in the 90s, but oh, okay. um, But we started and started business in the mid-80s, yes. Okay. All right. So you basically got her to finance the sale of the building on the promise that you would repay it by selling off all of the uh, industrial and commercial uh, items that were in it that had been were cast off to these corporations that that you mentioned so that's how you actually financed the building what an amazing story and did you come up with that idea to do it that way never hurts I always say you don't know what you what you can get (laughs) unless you ask right right if you don't ask for it, you're not going to get it. So yeah. I ask. Well, and you know, that I, I can't tell you how I, I've known Mary Lou for many, many years now. And what you just said is a piece of advice that I uh, offer many times to others here in the community when I talk with them and remind them of that very thing. And I always give you credit, Mary Lou, when I say it. I said, I learned that from one of the you know, icons of Kansas City business, Mary Lou Jacoby, and it's something I've never forgotten that she's told me because it's, it's hard sometimes when you're a business owner. You think you can do it all yourself, and, and uh, sometimes you're just afraid to ask or you just don't think to ask. You just don't. So that's a, that's a very good lesson. And so you were able to start your business. What have been some of your biggest business challenges? Um, learning what not to do is probably one of the primary things that has been in my way of success for a long time. Mm-hmm. As I that's said, interesting. These, yeah, that's interesting these, because so many business owners will say uh, or will think um, about things that they have done that were mistakes, but you're saying it's what not to do. What do you mean by that? As I mentioned earlier, the building was was full of everything. It had office furniture, it had forklifts, it had uh, conveyors, it had uh, showcases out of uh, retail clothing stores, it had clothing racks, it had 
restroom equipment, the things that I'd never seen before. It was <laughs> the, the the challenge was to learn which of those things were profitable. Mm. Like for example, restroom equipment. I said I would never be in the restroom equipment business because everyone that comes to buy it, if they're sitting at at your desk for longer than ten minutes, they fall asleep because they're so <laughs> overworked and tired. Yeah. You, you you don't want to do that. And then one day, as we progressed in our history, we I, I looked around and I said, you know, I don't think I can sell a file cabinet cheaper than Office Depot. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's maybe it's time that we don't do this because mm-hmm. this is not. I, I can't compete with those people, and and the, the, uh, it doesn't make sense to keep trying to do something that isn't working. So understanding what you do that makes money and what you do that is a detraction from what you're doing that makes money Mm -hmm. and focusing on the right niche. So I I could have been in the restaurant equipment business or I could have been in in the store fixture business and I was for the first 10 years. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to let go of something and, and it's very difficult to recognize sometimes what you need to let go of. True. And we're we're still doing that today. Yeah. Continual, well, and you've, continually focusing on what is the profitable niche thing that you do. What do you do better than anyone else? Right. And, you know, in your case, you probably do have those challenges ongoing because of technology and the online. You mentioned eBay earlier. You know, you have to keep an eye on that because there are competitors, in a sense, that you probably never dreamed you would have when you first started this business. Absolutely. The the uh, the Internet has changed all businesses, including the old boring one that we're in, to becoming it, it, it is becoming people are people are buying warehouse racking on their telephone. Yes, really. And, oh, and I believe have, it. And who would have ever believed that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, 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 it's so easy to do that these days. Um, so we we've talked about some of your challenges and. Yet, in Kansas City in particular, there are so many resources for businesses, and I know that you've taken advantage of some of those to help you grow yours. So what have been some of the best resources that you've relied on? Well, I would start with you. Oh, <laughs> oh thank you. The, the, I have never, ever received a small business monthly that I haven't learned something from opening the pages and, and being open to absorbing and, and um, integrating the lessons that you teach every month. Well, so, I appreciate that, especially coming from someone like you who has so much many years of business wisdom under your belt that the fact that you can still learn something from our pages uh, or from listening to a podcast like this is, is uh, very nice. Uh, I know there's other ones out there. What are some of the other ones that you've tapped into? I believe the first time uh, that you and I got to know each other very well was through MAPO. Yes, absolutely. The National Association of Women Business Owners, and that was my first uh, taste of networking and and, and, and 
relying on peers for information and advice and and just the fact that there was somebody there to talk to that was in mm-hmm. your in your same position the old lonely at the top idiom is is one hundred percent true people uh, get isolated in your companies smaller companies for sure and say i don't have anybody to talk to i don't have anybody to bounce questions off of or ideas off of anybody that can tell me I'm crazy don't do that <laughs> and 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 the first introduction at Nabo was to women business owners that were a lot more that were larger and more successful and a lot smarter than I was about business mm-hmm. and I believe that was a really uh, good introduction to the business community in the city and I was uh, one of the earlier members of the Hellsburg Entrepreneurial Mentoring Program. And yes, you are. And the benefits of that. And that has been a significant resource for 15 years. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. 20, maybe 20. It's been a long time. Right. Yeah, and it, that that organization in particular has helped so many business owners. Uh, you know, the legacy of uh, Ewing Kaufman and now the, through Barnett Hellsberg has helped uh, just so many business owners here in the Kansas City area. But but you know, what would you say to business owners who think that? it's not worth the time and investment to go outside of their business. Oh, you know, yeah, I could probably learn something, but is it really worth the amount of time that I need to put in? The HEMP program, Hellsbury Entrepreneurial Mentoring Program that you mentioned, in particular, takes quite a commitment of time uh, in order to get out of it what you can. And so so what would you say to business owners who are just head down, I've got so much to do, if I if I go attend this or make those monthly meetings or whatever they are, I'm just, it, it's time away from my business. What would you say to them? You have to be, it, it, it's important to be open to new ideas and learning and and uh, willing to give that time to get better at what you do. It's, uh, it's unfortunate that someone would think that they have more that, that, that they could be more valuable sitting at their desk with their head down than sitting in a room with um, 50 or 100 of the smartest people in the city gathering ideas and gathering uh, new concepts and, and understanding finally, at the end of the day, all businesses are the same. We all have the same problems. We all have mm-hmm. the same issues. We all have – and uh, everybody – has employees and they have payroll and they have insurance and the value I, I think a good way to illustrate that would be early on in this um, in this relationship with Hellsburg I had an employee quit now this is this is a story I promise you everyone that listens to this is going to relate to it I had an employee who we fired or quit or something and Two days later, a week later, we got a notice from OSHA that he had listed 37 violations. Oh, jeez. And that they were, quote, unquote, coming to inspect us. And this was the early days. This was, mm-hmm. this was back before we knew anything. Mm-hmm. But I called. Um, I did, there was no email then, remember? <laughs> so yes, I yes, I remember that. <laughs> I, I called somebody. 
I called uh, the administrator and said, you know, I need, I need some help. And uh, they made the phone calls throughout the group. You could actually still call because there weren't that many people involved. And within probably two or three hours, I had uh, some of the best <laughs> advice and, and uh, answers to my questions from multiple people that called and shared that with me. Um, two weeks later, we didn't have, no, no one did come and investigate us, and there weren't any issues, and they dismissed the entire charge. Wow. They, yeah. They, that's practical, practical um, advice that you couldn't get anywhere. Absolutely. And like you say, from some of the best minds in Kansas City, people who've been there, done that, you get it firsthand. I mean, how how can you even begin to pay for that? Where would you even turn if you didn't have that network that you got through him? So so that's uh, really great advice. Because really what you have to consider these um, opportunities is that they're investments. Yeah, it may take some time away from your company, but the, you're making an investment, and sometimes the return isn't immediate. But when it is, like in the example you just gave us, man, it pays off in, you know, in all of the um, time that you committed to it. So that's a, that is a great story. You know, you had started very small. It was you and uh, this woman who you made the deal with to sell the the equipment and so forth. But you have really grown uh, over the years. How have you managed that growth? Well, it's more than me managing it, it's managed me. It's hmm. been a uh, gradual, and, and I think in some ways that, that's very good to be able to take the time to absorb the changes in your company and be able to step back and look at the one-year, three-year, five-year down the road Plan. Mm-hmm. Not that there was ever any formal plan, but but it was it was it was um, continued, slow, steady, and uh, allowed me to grow with the company as as the demands for leadership and management uh, increased. I was able to uh, hire the right people. Not always, never, never the first time. I'm gonna say not always, never the first time. <laughs> That's something else we can all relate to. Sure. <laughs> I was able to hire people to be management, and they were able to hire uh, people that had increased skill levels. So we kind of all grew together. Yeah. Exactly. And now you have made one of the biggest decisions probably since opening the company, and that is uh, these employees that you have hired and that they in turn have hired, and I know you're just really proud of the whole group. You recently created an ESOP. Tell us about that and why you chose that option. I, I think I woke up one morning maybe five or six years ago and um realized exactly how old I was. I don't ever really admit it, but I, I realized <laughs> that it was, it was I, I didn't want to be the Nebraska Furniture Mart lady that is 
driving into her warehouse in her wheelchair. Mm-hmm. Just, just didn't seem, just didn't seem like the right way to go out. Yeah. And so there needs to be, as we all realize that we really are going to get older, whether we think we are or not. We're, mm-hmm. we're all going to get there. That we need, there needs to be some type of strategy to either a sell the company or move move forward and uh, liquidate the company, or there, there, there's just a limited number of options. Mm-hmm. Uh, bring your daughter in to help run the company or your son and um, expect that to happen. So I started exploring the options, and uh, we inherited uh, the, the transfer of ownership to the family wasn't going to work out. It, it just wasn't something that, that my son was interested in. And um, selling the company was a long and tedious process, which I thought, oh, I could never do that. <laughs> I wouldn't know how to do it. It'd take me years to do it. Mm-hmm. But I did realize one thing. For the company to succeed and to continue to succeed, that it needed to have a team of uh, strategic thinking young people to be uh, mentored to learn how to run the company. And I formed a strategic committee and have added to it over the years, and we're now six strong. And these are young and bright and intelligent people, and they have that ability to make good decisions. And um, it became obvious that in order to sell the company, you have to have that in place. You have to have that group in place. Because the one thing that the owner can't, the, the new buyer can't do is buy you because you're not going to be around forever. Right. So to form a strategic committee and to put those people in place and to get that to work and to set up a formal uh, or semi-formal plan to have uh, a vision and, and do your mission, vision, values and, and all the things that grown-up companies are supposed to do um, was my mission for the last five or six years. And that came to fruition and is working. And I'm so proud of those people and rely on them and am learning to let go of all of the day-to-day decisions and let other people make them which is one of the biggest challenges there ever will be. For sure. Um, it became obvious uh, as I went down the path to explore actual sales of the company. Um, selling didn't seem like the greatest option as I learned more about what the intentions of the people that were making offers work mm-hmm. and how that was going to work out for people that have been around me for 25 years. Mm-hmm. And I started exploring the ESOP and it took about a year for me to learn enough to be certain that it was an option that was, it, number one, it, it was an option that was going to work mm-hmm. and that it was uh, doable and that we were, we're, we're on the very low end of the size of a company that does this, but I did my research and due diligence and, and um, 
spent lots of time learning and asked lots of people lots of questions, and it became the right option. That's excellent. And that, that actually closed, or that was final earlier this year, right? Yes. Yeah, well, that January. was like in January. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was right mm-hmm. after the first of the year. And how has how has that changed the culture of your company in a in a more positive way? Um how do your employees react to it? Um they're owners now. <laughs> it, it it took me a year to understand it and um we have a ESOP team now that is mm-hmm. tasked with educating everyone in the company about what that means. Uh, recently received the first shares, uh, statement of shares, uh-huh. and everyone everyone received their statement. And we spent uh, a good lunch meeting having um, explanations. There's lots of questions. There's lots of things that people don't understand or don't know. But there are... Uh, a significant group of the people involved get it, mm-hmm. and they understand um, the basic premise, and they understand that they are owners, and we've had lots of input from all parts of the company about ways to save money and ways to make more money. And it is, uh, I think, I think everybody looks at themselves and each other with a completely different attitude. Yeah, I that Yeah, that that's amazing. So so where where will you go from here? You're gonna stay on as CEO, right? Um for uh, yes. Okay. So and and then where does where do you see the company headed in the next five years? I based on what I've seen in the uh it, in the history of other ESOP companies, I would see that we would be in the market to acquire uh, several other companies that are mm-hmm. in businesses that are related to ours. Okay. And after studying some of the growth patterns that they've had, I would guess that we would probably be twice the size that we are today. Well, we'll be watching. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, you know, as you have built this company, obviously with a great team involved as well, what's been your biggest surprise? Uh, whether it's about yourself that you've learned, whether it's about business in general that you've learned, good or bad, what do you think is the biggest surprise over the years that you've learned? That we really could be here, that we really could succeed, that it really works. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, there are some days I, I'm just absolutely certain that I'm going to wake up and it's all going to be a dream. Not real. It's not real. <laughs> yeah, that you've turned salvage into success, huh? <laughs> there you go. I think I've read that before. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I've heard you say that too. But uh, that's... Yeah, who would have known? Who would have known? For business owners who are trying to overcome making a bad decision and trying to move forward, based on your own experience, what advice would you give them? I had um, 
a nice lady look at me one day and she said, will you just get over yourself? (laughs) And I never forget that because when we make a decision, we we invest in it personally. It's, it's, It's a reflection of our ability or knowledge or our or how smart we are, or whatever. So we we've we've always uh, when it doesn't turn out quite as good as it should, then you always think well, I've failed or I've done this. So it makes it harder to admit. But if you can stand back and uh, maybe talk to somebody, maybe uh, just. Define all of the issues, define all of the problems, define all of the parts of it. And if you can talk about it, out, say it out loud, sometimes you can hear the decision that you should make and move on. Yeah, that's great advice. It really is because so often we get in our own way. And when you're right there, you know, in the daily grind, it's, it is hard to step back and remove yourself. But uh, if you can, it, it does make a huge difference. Mary Lou, you have uh, built a great business, well-respected in the community. So many have learned from you. Wish you nothing but success moving forward. And uh, we're, we are going to be watching to see what happens uh, with your business. And so please keep us informed, okay? I Thank you very much, Kelly. Absolutely. Much more success to you. And if you'd like to learn more about how to grow your business, please visit our website at ithinkbigger.com. Follow us on Facebook, Thinking Bigger Business Media, or on Twitter at I Think Bigger. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.